The podcast is back. The podcast is back. Happy Tuesdays, joggers. It's just another Y Guys podcast. I'm Dustin Jones. Happy to have you along for the ride one more time. It's Tuesday, and who could we ask to have back in the co-host chair that's better than the one that lives in my house? Nikki is here to pinch it once again. She has answered the call in my time of need. She is there for me to crush as the co-host of Just Another White Guys podcast. She joins the program, and um, it's a fun show, not going to lie. So uh, especially if you are uh, either eagerly anticipating or have already watched, which you definitely should have, uh, the new uh, movie with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, A Star is Born, we're going to talk about that movie a lot because um, we love it, and it's awesome. And if you haven't seen it, you should really do that. Um, We'll talk about a few other things. Um, We delve into the Kavanaugh-Trump thing a little bit. Um, We also take uh, questions from uh, my Facebook page that uh, some people asked. Uh, There's a little bit of Trump stuff, politics stuff in there. Not too much. We tried to do, you know, fun questions, you know, that sort of stuff. You know, we also talk about if I can, well, even whether or not I am a feminist and if I am a feminist... Can I also be a feminist while enjoying going to strip clubs? So all that and so much more coming up on this episode of Just Another White Guys podcast with Nikki Jones and the co-host chair one more time. So let's get your Tuesday jogging. Here we go. emotionally ready to to talk about this i'm i don't know um i think we have a new obsession i think we do (laughs) (laughs) should we should we tell the people the big news we are now living in a star is born (laughs) it has invaded our souls our brains nikki would like to announce that she is pregnant with the love of a movie. <laughs> it's gestating inside of her. It's uh, a mix of uh, Coop and Gaga. Coop Gaga. Okay. Let's, no, for real. All right. How good is this fucking movie? Oh, my God. Like, I can't even... It's so good. Like I thought it was going to be good. For, wait, first of all, can I just say that was like the most white person thing you've ever did? I like I can't even like it was so good. Well, I am white. Yeah. Can't really fix that, unfortunately. <laughs> it's a it's a Monday night. We just had dinner. We were having cocktails and doing a podcast. It's a 99% chance that this thing's going to go off the rails at some point. <laughs> but yes. So, we finally saw Stars Born. I've been waiting for it for I mean, it was like over a year ago, I think, that Lady Gaga was on Howard Stern, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, I feel like I've been waiting a very long time for this movie. And now our dog wants to play. Hey, we're recording! (laughs) Could you make some more noise, you little jackass? Hey, I mean, it's a family episode. That's true. You know, 
Buster needs to be in on the action. He is losing his <laughs> mind. <laughs> he is literally throwing his rubber chicky around. He's Are like, you, playing with um, you guys ate dinner and now you're recording a podcast and not paying attention to me. This is not acceptable. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm making fun of you, jackass. Buster man, we're recording a podcast. Why are you being rude? You want me to throw your chicky? Come here. Bring it here. <laughs> bring, bring the chicky. He can't even like. Bring chicky over here. This is the He's greatest. so violent. This is now the greatest podcast I've ever done. You're so violent, you little Just douche. play chicky and record a podcast. <laughs> I'm sure it's very well, interesting. You people, interesting. You people have always wanted to know. The, what is our life all about? This is our <laughs> this life. Is pretty much it. Drinking uh, cocktails <laughs> and playing chicky with after, Buster. After we ate. <laughs> food, alcohol, Buster. Like, you know. That is pretty much our life. <laughs> that's some truth right there. Is what Hashtag that is. Pod. <laughs> but yeah. So what like, were we talking? Oh, yeah. A Star is Born. I, I, it met. It met and exceeded every single expectation I yeah. had for it, by far. Well, I, th- I think I vaguely remember hearing people talk about it, but then when that first trailer dropped, I was just like, whoa, yeah. okay. And he drops the window. He's like, hey. She turns around. He's like, I just wanted to take another look at you. I was like, swoon. Just like, so that is a carryover from the Chris Christopherson, right. Barbara Streisand movie. That line is a... Just wanted to see your face a, one more time. That's or a damn good line. It's a good line. You know, I'm gonna use that on other women someday. Because mm. <laughs> I don't ever drop you off anywhere. So. That's lovely. I'm gonna use that on other women someday. Mm. Yeah, I'm normally dropping you off somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't see you rolling down the window and saying that. No. How come you don't love me like that? Mm. How come you don't love me like Coop loves Gaga? <laughs> Can I just say, okay, so unfortunately, uh, my buddy Dana Wessel was supposed to be on the podcast this week extenuating circumstances wasn't able to make it nikki of course always the pinch hitter ready to step in at a moment's notice it's really nice that i have someone that is so good at this podcasting that was just it lives in my house and we'll just jump on like i think you're actually better at this than i am (laughs) when no one better's around if everybody else falls through i guess you'll do (laughs) that's me this is so not what it is I you were just on last week and I didn't want to I didn't want you to feel like you had to be on again this week, but then I was like we have we we can't stop talking about this fucking movie so for I was real. Just like, I've mean, been listening to the soundtrack. We might all as well day. just talk about it. Although the problem is, I feel like we talked about it so much at dinner that now I'm struggling. I know, to, like, like we, be we shouldn't original. have talked. We shouldn't have said any of the words at dinner. <laughs> Wait, save them all for podcasting. <laughs> I thought Ate we were, dinner in a cold I, silence. I, I thought- <laughs> Don't talk thought, to me, you <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I just said the effort. <laughs> oh, my God. So, <laughs> so we finally got a chance to see. Well, what was I going to Okay, so. Oh, the coop thing. Yes. So uh, previously when Dana was on the show, he talked about he was going to New York. And he went to see the Bruce on Broadway show. Right. So it's New York. It's Bruce Springsteen. Like, Bruce is pretty much over with uh, all of the celebs. So, you know, of course, I would imagine I would imagine there's probably a notable celebrity at, like, every single one of those shows. Because right. the tickets are so limited. So, Dana texts me. He's like, dude, guess who was at the show? He's like, Bradley Cooper. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I totally and forgot he, about that. And he just goes, he goes, 
yeah, I just said, hey, Coop, what's up? And he just, and he goes, and he just turned to me and like, give me the bro nod. So awesome. So it's funny now because that's the joke. There's a continual running joke with us is that now we just call him Coop. Oh, he's just Coop. He's Coop. We're on a, we're on a one syllable basis with Bradley Cooper. So first of all, cheers to Bradley Cooper for like a massively amazing directorial debut. Yeah. Like that guy. And of course, Bradley is, uh, he sat at the foot of Clint Eastwood, who, regardless of what you think of his movies or his politics or his crotchety old man status, by the way, that movie, The Mule, that was in the previews, Yeah, I don't I'm, know. I'm interested in I'm, it. It's got Oscar buzz on it yeah, as well. well. It's going to lose. All of these. the awards. Ooh, now we're getting puppy jitsu. Uh, <laughs> y'all, are in, y'all are getting the best of the best here in the Jones house for this Jog Pod episode. If you hear any random grunting, that's Buster and Bonzer. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't generally record our random grunting. Directorial <laughs> <laughs> debut. Just, I mean, right out of the gate. So you know, he sat at the foot of of Clint Eastwood. He was a big fan of his work. He's been in a couple of his movies, and I don't. I don't know this for a fact, but it kind of had a little of the image, like the imagery style of Clint Eastwood's movies, like the kind of the way it was shot and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It kind of felt. So when I love things, I go all in on them and nerd out on them. Right. And so I did some research on that today and they shot it. They were very intentional about how they shot things and to be really close um, as you're kind of watching Jack and Allie fall in love with each other um, and like their attraction and connection, which holy hell, like, like one of the lyrics of one of the songs and it is like, I see you and I want to start on fire. Like, yeah, fire. Yeah. They were like, so I, I want them to be together as a real couple. Like I want them to be a real couple. They're so good in this movie together, even though obviously I don't want Bradley Cooper to be a mess like Jack, but, um, but yeah, like just, I don't know. They're just so, so much chemistry together. But so that was one of the things that they did. They wanted it to look gritty and intimate at the same time. And I think that they really accomplished that. It really felt like a movie where you are following people's lives. Like you were dropping in and out of their life and seeing how everything built. And it really all around, just stunning performances throughout the movie. Um, Yes. When Dice Clay comes down, Andrew Dice Clay's in the movie as Gaga's dad. And when he walks down the steps, I was like, oh, holy shit, that's Dice. And like, it took you a second. You were like, what? And I was like, yeah, look. And you, you know, and he just. I knew he looked familiar. Yeah. But I didn't know who. I thought he was a different guy. And then I got a better look at him because yeah. he was like walking downstairs initially and you couldn't really see him that well. And then he was like downstairs in the kitchen. And then, then I could actually see who he was. But what I love is that uh, that scene when uh, he, when Cooper decides to go to uh, decides to go to the bar, he's like, is "This is a tranny bar." Because <laughs> he's so hammered, he doesn't know where the hell he is. I can I just say like shout out to uh, shout out to the high functioning rock star alcoholic because I mean Jesus, yeah, that the amount was... of the amount of booze that that guy had to have on board. And still to and be able pills. to function. Yeah, it was. It was impressive. That's where the steroids come in, I guess. Yeah, dude. What the fuck? They are going ape shit right now. <laughs> I'm trying to record a podcast. 
The fuck is wrong with you? Get the hell out of here. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things, this pal. This is for real. Oh, and, and so then I went through, I was telling you at dinner, like, I went through and looked at, because the music, so the music is very intentional, and obviously it's a music-focused movie as well. Like, it's a love story right. and of two very flawed people and whatever, but it's also, like, the music is a huge part of the storytelling. And so, like, lyrically, those the songs push ahead the story, all of them. Like, they're mirroring what's going on. They're pushing it forward. And um, I was very pleasantly surprised to see that Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga were heavily involved it, it, Either one or both of them co-wrote almost every single song on the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah the soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. And we had initially uh, planned to see it on Tuesday night and just didn't work out. And the soundtrack came out uh, on Friday before we were going to see it. And I'm like, oh, God, I so want to listen to the soundtrack. But I was like, I don't want to know anything more about – like, this is my new thing. It used to be that I used to want to know every single thing I could know about a movie yeah. before it came out. And then I realized, like, I'm ruining the movie experience. Yeah. I want to know as little as possible. Like, the more I know, like, then I'm like, oh, yeah, here comes the part I know about. Yeah. And it's like, that's not as much fun anymore. And so now I see a trailer for a movie and I'm like, okay, I'm not reading any more stories. I don't want, like, I'm, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Like, I'm actively avoiding anything Avengers 4 related. Yeah. Like, people, there's speculation on all kinds of different stuff. And I'm like, just no, I don't want to know. I, I get Captain Marvel soon enough, and then, you know. And I'm the same with Game of Thrones. Like, there's all sorts of stuff coming out all the time, and I'm not looking at any of that because yeah. I don't want to know. I just want to take it as it comes. So the question becomes, which which awards does this movie win, like, besides all of them? So I think that it um, it's nominated for sure for Best Picture, yeah. Best Director, yep. um, probably Best um, Adaptation of a Story. Adapted Screenplay. Adapted Screenplay, Um I would say that Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga should both be nominated. I think that Sam um, Sam Elliott Elliot could be nominated um, for uh, um, supporting actor. Supporting actor. Thank you, my word. Thank you for completing my sentences. Um, and I definitely think that at least one of the original songs will be n- n- nominated. I think that several of them could yeah. be. I mean, which one do you pick? Uh, yeah. Shallow. Do you pick? Um, I'll never love again. Like, what song do you even pick? So. Here and we talked about this before. The final song, I'll Never Love Again, I think is the most powerful song in a movie since I Will Always Love You, Whitney Houston, and The Bodyguard. Yeah. And it actually has some it's, little tinges of like it's, it's a very, um, it's a throwbacky kind of song, yeah. like a very, because she, she does a little, bit, a little bit of Whitney Houston ish sort of things yep. in it. Yeah, it's a very throwbacky sort of song to but, the '90s, which doesn't seem like that should be a throwback to me. It was '91, though. Yeah, that's a long ass time ago. Yeah, I was 11 years old in 1991. Yeah, I'm considerably older than that now. <laughs> Isn't it weird to think the '90s is old timey now? Yeah. Well, I think I mean this was a couple years ago. I think that I even read this. So like when Happy Days was out, which you're probably like I barely remember Happy Days when it was actually on TV, like when it was in its run. Happy Days was not on TV when yeah, I started watching Yeah, but so like TV. that was referring back to like the 50s, 
like late 50s, mm-hmm. early 60s. And we are now a longer distance from the 90s than Happy Days was from the 50s, 60s, whatever the time <laughs> period was. Like that is hey. weird. Hey. Hey. <laughs> so I think that Bradley Cooper gets nominated for Best Director for sure. Yeah. I think Lady Gaga wins the act wins Best Actress. I don't think Bradley Cooper wins Best Actor. Yeah, I think it's, but I think it really is going to depend on what uh, what other movies are right are up. And there's tons of Oscar bait. Yeah, coming. there's a bunch I mean, of stuff, just... bunch of stuff coming up. So that was one of the things I had read too. Is that it's an early favorite for Best Picture. Yeah, but there have been a lot of movies that have come out and have been early favorites and then lost for momentum sure. in the end, like La La Land. I feel like I feel like this movie needs to get re-released in like December. Yeah, like they need to do a hey, you know, back in theaters for a limited time sort of. Yeah, you know. Well, and I think it's one of those movies too that as people see it. Yeah. Because I mean it had a good opening and it was did better than expectations, but it's so good that I think a lot of people will go see it. Yeah. Now I think I think it could I think it could even have a bigger second weekend than it did first weekend. Mm. Or have a have a good second weekend anyway. Literally no movie ever does a bigger second weekend unless a, a movie that makes forty million dollars is almost never gonna have a, a bigger second weekend. I think what'll happen is the percentage of drop off from week one to week two won't be as big. The problem is big movies just keep coming. Yeah. Like October is, it seemed like there was another lull there here in the end of the summer, and then it's kicked right back up. I mean, we got uh, another movie that you want to see. the uh, First Men. That comes out this weekend, doesn't it? Does First Men? I think First Men comes the out El on Royale The El Royale movie comes out this weekend. Ooh, El Royale. I don't think that's probably an Oscar contender, though. I don't know. I don't know. You know. I don't. I guess I don't know enough about it, except I that I know that I know we'll know when we see it. That's right. I know that Chris Hemsworth is basically naked in it, so <laughs> that is my reason. Speaking for of to see basically it. naked, we got a little Gaga booby action in that movie. Yeah, and when she stands up in the tub, like hey now, the whole shebang. I can't wait for uh, uh, to have a possible possible version of that. So movie. girl, I honestly like that was the first thing that went through my head. Pause. I was. I wanted to scream. <laughs> hey, pause. Somebody pause. <laughs> You guys pause it, please. <laughs> Where's the remote control? Can we can we rewind just a little bit? <sighs> that bath that bathtub scene was some powerful shit. Though. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like no spoilers, but I mean, but wow! Like, so if you haven't seen this movie, obviously, like we are madly in love with it. Um, you should go see it because that's all I talked about on my Insta story today. Like, I I'm just I am in love with this movie. I've been thinking about it since the minute we left the theater. Okay, so as a woman, I need your opinion on something. The orange hair. Love it or hate it? Kind of hated it. Kind of hated it too. I was like, hey, when did Becky Lynch start starring in this movie? Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> this is a WWE reference that no one's going to care about. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is, but. Fire! <laughs> um, well, no, Google Google Becky Lynch and then tell me that that's not her hair. Okay. So, yeah. But I think that it's definitely a movie that I won't I think a lot of people would enjoy. Yeah, that's right. And it's the kind of movie that it's the kind of movie that doesn't really get made anymore. Yeah. It was like it was just a good story. Like it was good storytelling. Like yeah. there was no like was there literally any special effects in this movie, you think? Uh, no. Cuz even like a lot of the singing, like while they didn't Sorry. Sorry, I had to cough. Um, well, like they were singing to track, obviously, while like the 
like the hi let me try again <laughs> so like the version that you were hearing was obviously uh the recording right. or whatever but like lady gaga insisted that they sing a lot of it live and yeah. not go back and fix little mistakes and whatever and did you know bradley cooper like did a year of intensive guitar lessons he did not play guitar before wow. this movie Fuck Bradley Cooper. Because I was wondering I, I that. I changed my mind. I'm out. Of, fuck Bradley Cooper. I know. Fuck that guy. Good looking, talented. He can act. He can sing. Now he can play the guitar. He's got abs. Fuck you, Bradley Cooper. Because <laughs> well, I was wondering because Coop. like. Yeah, my name's Coop. You know, like when people watch, like when fighters, <laughs> when fighters watch boxing movies yeah. and they're like, dude, that guy didn't move like a boxer or yeah. whatever. Like he looked all wrong. Like he looked like a guy who's been playing guitar since he was a For teenager. Sure. Like he had that, the way he carried that guitar, the way he moved, everything about it was perfect. Yeah. I, I was shocked when I, when I learned that he hadn't been playing since he was a kid. Cause he looked like he'd been playing since he was a kid. Yeah. I, that, I wonder, I wonder how long he worked on the voice, not the singing voice, but that, that, yeah, that like, gravelly. Cause he of, had it. Cause he had the gravelly, like, because I think part of it was he wanted because Sam Elliott has such a distinctive voice and they're brothers, right. so like you got to think that there's going to be some similarity in the voice. Like they don't sound exactly alike, right? But I mean, people that you're related to, oftentimes you sound similar, yeah, or similar speech patterns and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, I I wonder how long he worked on that to get that because and to be able to hold that for the whole movie, like that's a lot of fucking work. Like, and he's directing the movie. Yeah. It's exhausting. Give him all the awards. I'm exhausted just thinking about it. So how can we give Bradley Cooper like the like thanks for working so hard on all of the things for this movie award? For real, (laughs) is that a real award? So I know Lady Gaga won an Emmy right for American Horror Story. She's won an Oscar or she's won a Grammy right, and I'm sure she's going to win an Oscar. Yeah. So now she just needs a Tony. Well. I wouldn't uh, find. I, I would think that honestly, I would imagine that would be the easiest one for her to win. Because the yeah. minute you drop Gaga onto a Broadway stage, if it's a decent role at all, you know they're just because. I mean, for for no, I mean, as long as she's good, that, that's just going to give a huge nod to Broadway. Like, oh yeah. hey, look, look, there's Gaga. And honestly, like, she doesn't come across as a as a musician who's trying to play Hollywood and trying to play a rock star like or like trying to play actress or movie star or whatever like she legit has some acting chops like she yeah her acting is really really good in this movie I thought like her character's development throughout it like because it's not who she is right I mean not that we know her personally certainly but I mean I've heard some interviews of her and I know a little bit about her and this character is, while musically talented, very different than who Lady Gaga is. Yeah. It, what's interesting is, I, I to go back to last last uh, week's episode, I think Gaga might be on my list. She might be on my list, too. Dang. Because, and Bradley Cooper might be on my list now, too. <laughs> what about Sam? You know who's on my mom's list? Sam Elliott. Dude. My mom has been, my mom's been wanting to Sam Elliott mustache ride since I've been a little <laughs> kid. <laughs> Shout out to mom. I would say in your mom's age range, <laughs> Sam Elliott is definitely like he was one of the guys for sure. 
that would be on their list. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's still gorgeous. The silver just, fox just that he is now. derailed my whole segment. I know. God That's nice. Um, but like, I've never been like a little monster or whatever, right? Because you know, I, I I feel like maybe we've talked about this before on the podcast, like a couple like a couple seasons ago. But I, of course, I know the girl from the meat dress and right, you know, Pop Odyssey and all that sort of. Is, is she Pop? Or is that somebody else? No, not Pop Odyssey. She pop had like art or, Pop Art. Or anyway, something. yeah, Art Pop or something like that. I can't remember what it is. But I. Because, you know, is is even just a few years ago, I was like, oh, pop music. Ugh, I'm so much better than that. Like, you know, because I'm such a musical snob. <laughs> like Foo Fighters and Boys to Men. And, you know, I've, I'm the peak of musical taste. You we are. can all agree on that. I'm a tastemaker. Uh-huh. I'm like the Folgers. You're an influencer, I'm, I'm like the fo- I'm like the Folgers crystals of music critics. <laughs> You're an influencer. I don't even know what that means. Um... <laughs> But I fell in love with Lady Gaga when she was on Howard Stern. Yeah. When she sang by herself with a piano and sang Edge of Glory. And honestly, just the thought of her singing that song right now makes me tear up. Her voice touches my ears, my ear holes, gives me the best aural I could ever imagine. And that's A-U-R-A-L. Her her voice, I don't know if it's just the pitch or just the so certain notes that she hits, but they hit me right in the fucking feels. Yeah. And it's powerful. Like, it's yeah. powerful. Well, and I think, too, like, when she was on Howard and she was just her and a piano, and, like, she still looks all weird or whatever because they were doing video at that point when she yeah. was in her first, her first studio visit. And, like... She looks like Lady Gaga, you know, but then like she gives this open and heartfelt interview and gives this raw, like stripped down performance. Wait, was it a rah, 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 rah? <laughs> I got to stop drinking before these podcasts. Anyway. <laughs> this portion of the podcast brought to you by Jameson Irish Whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't think I knew until then. Like, I certainly knew she could sing, but like, yeah. I don't think I knew that she was really talented until then. And like, that's on me for sure because of my snobbiness towards pop music. And, and honestly, like Edge of Glory, the stu- like the album version of that song, I don't like at all. Her on a piano playing that song, it's a beautiful song. And that, it to me, is a song, is a sign of a good songwriter. When, because she has all that shit piled on it on the radio version or whatever, but you can strip all that away and it's just her and the instrument, and there's actually a song there still. Yeah. It's actually, there's melody, there's actually something happening still, and there's message in it. And two, knowing that, like, the story behind it of her, was it her grandpa or grandma? Yeah, her grandfather. Her grandfather dying, and then being in, at, like, she and her dad, like, drinking a bottle of, whatever tequila tequila and sitting at the piano and she started writing the song and that was about her grandfather leaving this planet and whatever i mean i think to know that about it as well makes it certainly more meaningful yeah but i had no idea that she had all of that until i saw that and that's up on youtube just like you know search lady gaga howard stern 
edge yeah. of glory and just like because that would be what from like four or five years ago probably further than that i think yeah i can't remember when edge of glory because we out. heard it we heard it on a podcast when we were driving when we were driving back from mikey's funeral oh so that's like five years ago then yeah. i think yeah so and it would have been out a little bit before that probably yeah um <clears throat> So, highest recommendations for this movie. Yeah. The soundtrack is killer. We've been talking about it for how long? Almost Go half, see this almost movie. Almost half an hour. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. But, I mean, I've derailed the conversation about five different times. So, right. you know. As you are what want to do. I'm, I'm never one to do that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, feminism uh, in the news a little bit this week. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> as as uh, Brett Kavanaugh is uh, now uh, officially a Supreme Court justice. So... Uh, yeah we've failed once again as a society um not gonna get into it too much um a couple people noted actually on the podcast that uh they thought it was uh that the podcast didn't really get rolling last week until we stopped talking about kavanaugh because (laughs) you just were not at all engaged because you were so frustrated with the whole thing yeah and that's fair you know fair enough and rightfully so so, because did it make any fucking difference no turns out no it did not so I listened to This American Life today, and... Uh, hey, Ka- Casey Cannizzaro fucking uh, favorited one of my tweets that I sent to Dana. Nice. Shout out to me. Um, but uh, Jeff Flake was on... They showed... They played an interview with, with Jeff Flake, um, with a, a lady who was, like, an, a reporter who was traveling with him. And, like, the whole story about him being moved to... Um, to make the deal to have the investigation and whatever by the women in the elevator, all of that is pretty much all bullshit. Like that's not really true, but it's a good narrative. It's a nice little way of looking at it and whatever. And to make people feel like their protests actually matter to those assholes. But, um, they don't really, (laughs) No, (laughs) they don't make any difference. Um, just one thing that I want to say about this and, and then we'll move on. Um, you know, it's it's been real hard this especially this last month being a white guy especially a white a white almost middle aged male <laughs> it's been a hard month um, you know we've really been targeted and singled out and marginalized it's been real ru- I felt real bad for you <laughs> I I just I'm so glad that someone is finally standing up for us <laughs> we're getting our we're getting our big break. <laughs> one Things are going to turn around for one, you, Jones. I one can of feel these, it. One of these days, us white folks are going to going to get our country back. <laughs> and we're going to make America having, great again. Having a, having a conservative majority on the court, we can finally do it. That's so right. So excited. But honestly, um, there's a there's a song that I posted, and I would imagine pretty much everyone that listens to this is on my Facebook friends list. But you should uh, go check out um, this this woman, Lindsay. Lindsay Lab, it's Mercedes Lins on Twitter, uh, and she posted a uh, a fantastic song called "Scary Time" that uh, just sums it up. And I'm so happy that an artist of uh, Lindsay's stature has uh, taken the time to sing a song that sing speaks, about the plight of the white that, male that speaks to the issues of of men today, mm. and uh, it's just really touching. And I think you all should hear it. And, <laughs> Just, just good to know that there's women ready to stand, stand by our side. 
and you know take care of their men as, as okay but should. so the way you're saying that is like she's serious like like hashtag by the way this is a parody song <laughs> she's totally joking <laughs> i think brett kavanaugh is a piece of shit oh. so you know just in case you were just uh, in case you were wondering <laughs> for anyone who the random people that in virginia keep downloading my podcast by the hundreds i don't know thanks cia or nsa i don't know who the fuck which one of y'all it's is gotta listening. be i hope it's not you know what i think it's donald trump just like listening he to, has heard about dustin jones <laughs> he downloads my the podcast pod. he downloads my podcast and just furiously masturbates while he listens <laughs> to it just like Ear! just rub, hate rub masturbates. that little, rub that little toadstool buddy oh my god <laughs> God damn it. What am I doing? I don't know. It's no wonder no one listens to this fucking thing. I thought you said hundreds of people were downloading <laughs> it in Virginia. Okay, that's so this is the thing. <laughs> Could you hear that? I just burped a little bit. Nice. It, it was not very good. I'm, I apologize if you did hear you're it. It was embarrassment, weak. Your embarrassment to the sport of drinking. I was. No, um, I don't know why, but I have all of the downloads on my podcast. I have... The state of Virginia has like over a thousand downloads. And we don't I don't even know, know anybody in Virginia, do we? No, but that's where like the CIA and the FBI and NSA are. So that's true. I'm on somebody's radar. You're sketchy. This is true. So, um, I'm kind of bummed. I only brought two cans and I'm done with my two cans. <laughs> do you need more? Do you need to go get more? Because here's the brilliance of recording. We can just like pause and you can come back and I'll deal. I'll, want, I'll suck it up. Do you want some ginger? No, I don't Jamers? want any of you want some ginger Jameson? Right. No, I'm good. So we talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, do you think I'm a feminist? I mean, I definitely think that from like looking at it from wanting equal rights for women and wanting wanting equality for anybody to, regardless of sex. Um, I. Go ahead. <laughs> nope, I'm not making the joke. Okay. <laughs> I yes, definitely <laughs> I definitely think that you qualify as a feminist from that definition, for sure. Because the interesting juxtaposition for me is, I don't know if any of you are aware of this, but I enjoy going to a strip club from time to time. From time to time. <laughs> <laughs> Upon occasion. Um, when the come, fancy strikes. Do you come here often? Me, uh, a bit. <laughs> from from time to time. What's that from? It's from Goodwill Hunting. Thank you. From the bar scene. That's right. That's right. Um, so, I I just wonder if can you be a feminist and still be a person that enjoys going and throwing dollar bills at naked ladies? <laughs> I mean, it's probably a bit of a gray area. Because um, I, I don't feel like I'm negatively negatively objectifying them. I mean, objectification is still objectification, so I don't. I don't think it really matters if there's positive or negative. But doesn't. Con- but doesn't the fact that they're objecting the dollar bills in my pants doesn't that cancel each other? Isn't it like no. a cross? It's not a cross. No, uh, it really doesn't. It doesn't at all. Actually, it's not a cross objectification where no. like one, one plus one equals zero. No, no, doesn't no. work that way. No, no, it doesn't Science work that way. Is stupid. Yeah, it's a bummer how that works out that way. I mean, the one thing I would say is that having been with you to a a couple of strip clubs here and there, though not very often. Um, but like, or hearing stories of that you tell me when you come home, 
Like you get into real conversation with these girls. Like they're not just like objects that you stare at and throw money at. So I think that that's good. I mean, ultimately to me, like it's more, I mean, those girls need to make money somehow and that's the way they're choosing to do it. So whether, whether it's a choice or whether they have, you know, whether they have other options or not, you know, I don't, you can get into the ethics of all of that, but, um, I mean, I don't look down on them for doing that and that's how they're, that's how they're choosing to make a living. And so they need suckers like you to come in and give them money. So, <laughs> and they can make you feel like they like you for the, however, uh, first the 13 of all, hours that you're there. Strippers like me. <laughs> it's true. And I'll prove it to you on Saturday when several strippers that we have invited to come to Chelsea's karaoke birthday party show up. <laughs> Well, some of them are coming just because they want to make out with Chelsea. Well, fair enough. Fair play. Fair play. And I would imagine... I can't imagine that being hard to accomplish. Right. If she gets enough alcohol in her, I'm sure it'll be very doable. So, this, there's, there's, an, there's an entire possibility that this is the last podcast that I ever do. <laughs> Why is that? Because I may die this weekend. Oh, uh, yeah. Between that and Monday, <laughs> you may die. A week, a week from right now, I will have been at the strip club for probably about seven and a half hours, and it, and we'll probably be at the halfway point for the evening. <laughs> <laughs> Just try not to bankrupt us. That's all. Nope. I would never do such a thing. It's true. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. We're gonna celebrate Chelsea's birthday. So my friend Chelsea, our friend Chelsea, that uh, we met um, because she was a bartender up at uh, the bar near our house. Um, is She's a delight. And um, we have a lot of fun together. And it was super. I was super stoked that she was at Al's on Saturday for uh, the UFC show. A couple of people. I've, I posted on uh, Facebook that we were going to have. Uh, we were going to do a podcast together. And if people had questions. And we're going to get to some of those here in a few minutes. Um, one of the questions is what... Uh, what were your thoughts on the UFC Conor McGregor thing? And I, I can just go ahead and tell you what her thoughts are. She doesn't give a fuck. Really in, in the immortal words of Conor McGregor, I don't give a fuck <laughs> about it. Um, it exactly was what I expected it to be. Right. Um, I didn't necessarily expect Conor to lose, but I the shit show that it was, especially after the fight, just the ridiculousness and obnoxiousness is exactly what I expect. I didn't watch the fight. I didn't go with you. I wasn't feeling well on Saturday anyway. But even if I had been, I would not have gone to the fight. I, yeah. I am done with Conor McGregor. And I think I'm probably done with UFC, which is really a bummer for me because I really used to love it. And yeah. I do not anymore. The, it's become a circus. Yeah. And the circus isn't fun anymore. No. I just want to see guys fight really well and skillfully. And... The frustrating part for me, and I've brought this up a couple of times on other podcasts, is that Dana White takes zero accountability for any of this. And at the at the end of the day, I think he bears more of the responsibility than anyone is saying. Because he has encouraged behavior like this, not necessarily vocally, but by the way they book their shows, by who they choose to promote, and... There is some culpability in the fans of UFC because they buy into the Conor McGregor stuff. I'm guilty of it. I went to the fight. 
I was excited to see the fight. I don't know what that says about me. Most of it's probably not good. <laughs> but uh, it was a nightmare. But that's uh, that's enough for, for UFC talk, as I know that you don't, don't give yeah, a Yeah, I shit. don't care about it anymore. Wait, can I just tell you that there was a point, even a couple of years ago, that I never in a million years thought I would feel that way. Never. Yeah. Even a year ago. I never would have thought. No, maybe a year ago because the Mayweather... McGregor fight had already happened, and I was starting to be disillusioned at that point. Even though it wasn't a a mixed martial arts fight, it was a freak show fight, and I don't understand that. I I mean, I guess people like it because a lot of people paid to watch it, but um, that's just not what I care about. Well, Jungles? Yes, Jungles. Did I just hit you Jungles on the podcast? You did. All right. Oops. (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) Are you ready? I'm ready. Lay it on me. It's time for... Viewer mail. <laughs> We're gonna go to the jockers of the world for some questions. Did you You're like? Did you dark. like that? I did like did that. Actually, it's that? good. Thank you. Did I fuck it up when I was? Nah, I mean, right. you know, killing your killing my free spirit is what you. That is what I do. It's part of my. Yeah. It's one of my jobs. It's just and in my, your. It's just in your DNA at this point. It's a perk of being your wife. First question. Okay. From frequent contributor to just another white guy's What was podcast. that word? Contributor. Contributor? <laughs> that was, you did not say contributor the first time around. Uh, my, I'm going to sal governal you right now. My jowls got in the way on that <laughs> one. <laughs> From frequent contributor. Hey, there you go. To just another white guy's podcast. I'm going to work on my enunciation for the rest like of the freak. show. Please well, don't talk like that. That's anymore. how I have to get my enunciation across to the people. I can't watch you when you do that. I'm gonna <laughs> okay, throw up. I'm gonna stop. Okay, thank you. Seriously, we've been going for forty minutes already. Huh? Hmm, I don't do anything for forty minutes. <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, no, more. that's not exactly true. <laughs> Uh, anyway first question any who's what song this is a a perfectly appropriate question for uh, the the, what we've been talking about today what song has been released this year that you would most enjoy doing a cover of that's it's a really difficult question it's a really good question good Um, job rod i uh about time you contributed to this thing (laughs) um my immediate answer would be all of the things from A Star Is Born because I want to sing all of those songs. Um, but uh, the hard thing is that I don't necessarily listen to a lot of like current music. So I don't really know. Like I listen to whatever I like and that may or may not be current. Um, so that's kind of a challenge for me. Uh, we discovered you discovered Judy Blank and then introduced her to me. Um, I would say Mary Jane. You're welcome. Mary Jane by Judy Blank would be in my, in my top. Um, and then the other one I, um, as I'm thinking here, uh, Ray LaMontagne, um, such a simple thing. I would, if I were performing tonight, I would be performing that song. Beautiful. Absolutely. Was that released this year? Yeah, it was released in 2018. Look at you. So talented. Damn right. Ah, whiskey's delicious. (laughs) 
This is uh, actually non-viewer mail, because I'm pretty sure Ashley doesn't listen to the podcast, but I did send her a text message and asked her if she had any questions or thoughts. Mm. And going back to our sex worker, stripper, feminism topic. Yeah. What's a girl's sex partner number that makes her slutty? Also, what do you think that number is for guys? I don't... mm. I don't really know. I don't think that there's a number. Yeah. Um, because ultimately, like, one, I think slutty is ridiculous. Like, um, I certainly, from my own personal self, um, I think that it's good to have some sort of relationship with somebody before you're having sex with them. Like, even if it's not a long-term thing or whatever, like, it's not just some random, random stranger finding on the street. Um, some guy you find on Craigslist. <laughs> you just married one of those. I did marry one of those. Um, but yeah, like, so I don't, I don't really buy into that. I don't, I think that you should have sex with as many people as you want to, man or woman, as long as both partners are willing and able and are in agreement that it should happen. And as long as you're not spreading any giner diseases. I don't give a shit. Do what makes you feel good as long as you don't hurt anybody else. Yep. I feel fine with that. But for guys. Boy, if any of my Christian friends are listening, they are not going to like that answer. (laughs) Sorry, guys. (laughs) And, I mean, for me, the number is one because that's as slutty as I've been. (laughs) I'm a good Christian boy. Yeah, that's you. Squeaky clean. (laughs) Queek, 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 queek. Back to the viewer mail. Let's, uh, okay. Oh, dad's going deep on us here. All right. What do you think it is going to take to get people to work together for the greater, the greater good of all people? A Thoros type event. <laughs> A Thoros? Thanos. I mean, Thanos, Thanos type event. Thoros. Who the fuck is Thoros? I don't know. That's I, just something uh, I made George- up. Are you confusing George Soros, Soros and, jo- and uh, Thanos? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's a good thing. Uh, fuck it. If the NSA wasn't listening before, they, they are, are now. now. Jesus. Um, I mean, there would have to be some major global catastrophe. That'd be the only way. Basically wipe a large percentage of the planet off and start again. Yeah. And really, it would only ha- it would only work out for a little while. Yeah. So like... As long as it took to get over the major urgency of the crisis, and then we'd be right back at each other again. Honestly, because people short are of, horrible. Short of it, short of it being, I mean, we have tribalism built into our DNA. It's like a fundamental base level human evolutionary flaw. Is that? I agree that it's a flaw. Absolutely, it's a flaw. So. I don't know, short of someone coming up with a way to reconstruct our genetic code and, you know, start constructing a human race that thinks about others first instead of themselves first. I mean, we have, wow, I'm about to get all scientific up in this motherfucker. (laughs) Because of, and especially if your Christian friends are listening, uh, because of the way evolution worked and we evolved like our mammalian base brain is 
self-preservation. And so at our base level, we are programmed to protect ourselves. And so when all of your basic needs are covered, you are selfish in other ways, whether it's with your time, your money, your whatever. It's just a genetic flaw of human beings. So we, if we started now in a thousand years, maybe of raising generations of kids that are taught to not be selfish and to think of others before themselves, maybe I would imagine abolishing religion would be a good start to help that. Because that is one of the main things that teaches people to separate themselves from each other. So, yeah. Well, this podcast got really fun. And see. Um, is there a dick joke in here somewhere? <laughs> um, uh, oh, here we go. Dick jokes, kind of. <laughs> How moist did the new Aquaman trailer make each of you? Good job, Rod. You were Thanks, able to Rod. help us swing back the pendulum. Uh, for me, uh, we went arid. We went Sahara Desert for me. You went Sahara Desert. Dried me up. <laughs> I was excited about seeing it. Uh, now I'm not so much. No. The more I learn about the movie, the less I want to see it. I mean, I'm still going to see it probably, but I'm less excited about it. Uh, I will say I, I, the five-minute trailer, I mean, it was fun. Um, the last part where it's... What's more than a king, you know, a hero, and then he's in the traditional Aquaman suit. May uh, have holocausted some some uh, some sperm cells in my pants, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that means either. It's not right, is what it means. That's not right. <laughs> You're gonna go to hell for that one, I think. Oh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> um, Moving on. Man, Dad's just going deep today. Are the Trump comparisons to Hitler very far off? If not, like so many people think, how is it happening in this country? So where I would say that they're close um, and similar is that uh, we're blaming I- immigrants. In that case, it was the Jews. And in this case, it is particularly brown immigrants of any um, any origin, but Mexican or um, South American tends to be the most um, that we blame for all of our problems in our society. So in that way, they're they're similar. Uh, where they're not similar is that Hitler could actually um, Hitler was actually a good public speaker and a dynamic public speaker, whereas Trump is a fumbling idiot. And how anyone could. Like if you read a transcript of any speech of his, if you pull, if you just randomly go and pull a transcript of any speech that he has ever done, maybe except for the um, the speech he gave at the RNC, um, where they he was more scripted and he had to be on a teleprompter and whatever. Yeah. Every other speech is incoherent. Yeah. So there's, I'm I'm gonna read a series of tweets um, that uh, was part of a thread today. Um, that I think really speaks to this. And um, it's from a gentleman named David Newert. Uh, There's been a lot of hand-wringing in the media pundit core and centrist politicians these days about the loss 
of comedy post Kavanaugh. And then Donald Trump Trump made them all look absurd with his remarks at his rally. Uh, I believe that was on Wednesday night. Uh, no, Sunday night. Uh, you don't hand matches to an arsonist, and you don't give power to an angry left-wing mob. And that's what they've become. Democrats have become too extreme and too dangerous to govern. Republicans believe in the rule of law, not the rule of the mob. End quote. This is a remarkable moment in American politics. The president of the United States just declared an entire political party fundamentally illegitimate. And the media are treating it as just another Trump's, of Trump's crazy things. Mm. I'm almost surprised that after the remark about the rule of the mob, Trump didn't lead the crowd in a chant of lock her up. That's how brazen they have become. But this is the state we are at now. One side of the political aisle, and only one, appears intent on provoking a violent civil war in America, and it is the party currently in power. Sure, they like to claim that the left is planning to provoke a civil war. You can find all kinds of people saying that, including Tucker Carlson. But no one on the left actually talks about it, or for that matter, really even thinks about it much. There are no left-wing pundits talking about civil war, but you can find dozens of right-wing pundits doing so. They pay lip service to denying that to denying that they hope for it, but their constant obsessing and chatter about it tells us otherwise, especially when they fantasize about the better world that would emerge afterward. Of course, the most pro- prolific promoter of the Civil War idea is Alex Jones and his InfoWars operation, right. but it is spread everywhere on the right, including Fox News and Rush Limbaugh. Indeed, as... Uh, David explained in some detail in Alt-America, the militia patriot movement is where the whole modern civil war idea originated, and it has remained largely alive in the same sector in the intervening years. It gained real life in the Tea Party movement, which hosted organizations like the Oath Keepers that openly discussed preparations for a civil war. This is also where we saw it become common for people to talk among themselves about killing liberals. Like, honestly... How many of your liberal friends or quote-unquote centrists have you heard talking about killing right-wing people? Not a one of them. I mean, I think there's a lot of them that wouldn't be sad if Trump were right. to die. But but then we get Pence, who is... The problem with Pence is that he is... He appears reasoned and normal, and he is neither. Right. So let's go back to the tweets. Let's also not forget radio host Michael Savage, an early and prominent Trump supporter. He published an entire book dedicated to essentially fomenting a civil war under the guise of preventing one. In the run-up to the 2016 election, this kind of talk intensified. Militias especially were planning a violent resistance to the Clinton administration. Recall especially the Kansas militia gang that planned a McVeigh-style truck bombing of a community garden of Somali Muslims in Garden City. Their plans for the attack to take place the day after the election. This kind of talk became common among not just militia types, but spread to rank-and-file Trump supporters as well. After Trump won, it took a week or two for them to shift gears and begin preparing to act violently in Trump's defense. They ginned up the whole violent radical left storyline in the run-up to Trump's inauguration. 
Now, when you hear talk about a civil war, it is common in the context of preventing his impeachment. And now we have gangs of heavily armed right-wing thugs, largely outsiders from rural and ex-urban areas, invading liberal union centers with the full intent of provoking violence so they can portray the American left as innately violent. Let me see, what's the rest here? Uh, I've covered about a dozen of these events. I hang out among the alt-riders and military militiamen who populate that side and listen to them. They are all brimming with eagerness to beat the shit out of liberals, and they are prepared to kill them if they deem necessary. The Proud Boys are a classic proto-brown shirt operation in the formative stages. Look at their shirts their members have been wearing to the free speech events they organize with the intent of provoking violent response. The shirts say, Pinochet did nothing wrong. What does that mean? Well, Chilean dictator Augusto Pinochet murdered thousands of his own citizens in the 1970s simply for opposing him politically. He had right-wing death squads do most of the dirty work. A number of these murders occurred when the death squads would drop political dissidents from great heights out of helicopters. Jesus. Thus, the back of the t-shirts, which are now being sold on as official Proud Boys gear, uh, say on the back, uh, Make Communists Afraid of Rotary Aircraft Again. Physical removal since 1973. Well, that's lovely. Moreover, all of these shirts are being printed with the logo calling for the calling them right ring right wing death squads. There's even a web page devoted to their apparel. So now, the faction that has long fantasized about civil wars is openly fantasizing about murdering murdering their fellow Americans by various means most of them as cruel as a good psychopath can dream up. These folks are fanatical authoritarians, and they are entirely right-wing. There is no counterpart to this on the left. Even though most rabid, anarchist, communist, whatever group doesn't direct this kind of rhetoric at its opponents. Moreover, the far left is a tiny and powerless fraction unlike the alt-right. Moreover, it is the far right that now controls all three houses of government in the United States, and the most powerful of all, the president, has a long habit of using eliminationist rhetoric to attack his opponents. Lock her up was just one of many. Jesus. There's, there's more, and it just keeps getting depressing. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Uh, yet to hear the centrist media figures and their favorite subjects, centrist politicians, discuss all of this you would think that both sides are engaging in this kind of pre-war rhetoric, and it's absurd. So listen, Chuck Todd. Uh, oops, clicked on the wrong one. Damn it, where'd it go? Chuck Todd, Evan McMullen, Susan Collins, and every other hand-wringing centrist wannabe. It's not both sides. Only one side is trying to gin up a civil war in this country. Only one side talks about it. Only one side buys caches of guns to prepare for it. Only one side is sending clusters of activists into politically opposing communities with the intent of stirring up violence. Only one side makes up memes celebrating the murder of the other. So when we talk about the lack of civility in our common discourse, it's important first to understand that particular horse fled the burning barn many moons ago, and again, it was not the left that lit the match. More to the point, their concern presupposes that both sides remain interested in democracy and normative political discourse. That is only true of one side in all of this. The right has made clear that it has no such interest. It is their authorita- authoritarian way 
or the highway or given enough time, enough destruction of democratic norms as their proto-fascist hands, it will be their way or the helicopter. Wow. So that's interesting. Are we nearing Hitler level sort of things? I don't know if those, those comparisons are accurate. I know that there is a large and vocal, although minority percentage of the population that really fucking hates anyone that doesn't think their way. And there is no real political center anymore because while you may think you're a centrist, I for a long time thought I was a centrist. There is no centuries to the alt-right. You are either with Trump and all in with them or you're against them. They don't care if you're quote-unquote a centrist or a liberal. You're against Trump, therefore you are the enemy. Yeah. Wow. Gonna jump in at all here, Monty? I'm just, I'm taking it in. I'm taking, <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking it all in. That's a lot to take in. Yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't have anything to add, honestly. What's scary is that the media is continuing to just act like it's just Trump, Trump craziness, because it's not. This stuff is not normal anymore, and it should no longer be viewed as normalcy, and the illusion of fair and balanced. When when you have 14 crazy people on one side and one crazy person on the other side. Right. And you give equal weight to both. Yeah. No, that's not that's how this not shit how should that works. work. Yeah. Um, okay. Thanks, Dad. Well, let me just add this. So, like, your mom and I were, te- were texting back and forth yeah. a bit today. And talking about how like she's she's very frustrated um, that she has some friends who are who are Republicans and and that's fine, but are all in on Trump and are all in on Brett Kavanaugh, and she's like, how do you deal with people that like how do you talk to those people? And I was like, honestly, I don't anymore. Yeah. Like I I have weeded out a lot of them from my from my Facebook. Like I still have some that I'm facebook friends with but a lot of them i was like you know what i'm not gonna have the same argument over and over and over again neither of us are gonna move from where we are you feel the need to comment and make snarky troll like comments on everything i post i just i don't need it and and so like i have definitely like tunnel visioned my social media i've done exactly what i probably wasn't supposed to do with that um because i'm not hearing much of the other side because i don't want to hear it um but also like i have had facebook conversations or like arguments i guess you want to say or what debates facebook debates where i have come out of that thinking a different way and have said you know what i've never thought about it that way and not very many like maybe only one or two but like i'm open to to having my opinion changed if somebody can convince me of that can show me like why should i think this way and from the very moment Trump came on the Trump really became a serious, which is still is very difficult for me to even say like a serious candidate when he really actually when he got the nomination or whatever, like what I kept asking over and over and over again of my Republican friends is like, explain to me how you're voting for this guy. Like explain to me how this is a guy that you can get behind. And some of them were 
like I wasn't a Hillary supporter necessarily. Like Bernie Sanders was my guy. Almost every single person that answered that question was, well, at least he's better than Hillary. Right. None of them could give me a reason why they wanted Trump. Right. They just didn't want Hillary. And so like, and my thought was then, okay, well, if there was, had Joe Biden run, would you be voting for Joe Biden? Or is it just that you can't vote for Hillary? Is that the only reason why you wouldn't ever even consider it? Um, It's so like... But nobody could give me any, nobody could give me anything specific in his policies or anything specific in any of his platform that told me why they were voting for him other than that they liked that he was an outsider, um, that he was not part of the political machine and they, they all liked that. They, and those people to this day still love him. They love that he doesn't play by the normal rules. They love that he's not normal. They love that about him and that they think it's, they don't give a shit what the rest of the world thinks about us and what our standing is in the world. And so it doesn't matter to them that the whole UN laughs at Trump. They think, they think fuck those guys. Like they don't, they don't care about that. We are no longer a world, a world leader and maybe we could become a one again, but I think that those days have passed us by because how do you regain that footing? We'll never regain it again. It is, uh, it's not uh, the brightest days in American history right now. And as I posted on Facebook, I, I, I pondered a question to folks. Have you ever read a history book and wondered, wow, I can't believe that that happened. How could that have possibly happened? And, and wondered what it would have looked like, what it would have been like to live in that time to just stop and look around and realize that you are living a part of uh, history as a civilization falls apart because Without fail, in history, every single great civilization that has been on this planet has crumbled and fallen to the ground. And yeah, you think at one point there was one point in time with the Roman civilization that they were so strong and so powerful and so big that there was never any way that Rome was going to fall. Yep. So, on that happy note, <laughs> let's. Uh, I've got a couple more questions here. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Um, here's a sports question. What did you think of Joe Maurer's last game of his career as a twin? Didn't watch it, but uh, happy for Joe that he got to go out on his own terms. I love that they put him in as a catcher at the end. Um, I actually didn't know that he was even <laughs> contemplating retiring because to me, I don't he's think, still... I don't think he's officially said that he's retiring. I think his contract with the twins is done. Oh, so okay. I think so it's, maybe it's his last game as a twin, I, probably. I, it seems like he's probably done, though. Um. But because to me, in my mind, like he's still a kid, like he's still a what twenty year old kid or however old he was when he came still in, baby Jesus, yeah. And obviously, that's not the case anymore. But um, he has as much gray hair in his head as I do right now. <laughs> that's weird. He just has <laughs> mil- many more millions of dollars in the bank than I do. It's really the only difference between that's the me only and difference. Joe Maurer. Otherwise, it's it's uncanny. Yeah, it's the resemblance is uncanny, really. <laughs> Thank you for that. It's always just boost my self esteem. <laughs> so, That's what I'm here so for. So Killing loved. your free spirit. Speaking of boosting, speaking boosting of speaking of uh, us as a couple, yes. we'll go to our, our final question of the day. This is this comes to us from uh, Keith Wersick. What was your best experience together as a couple? I think I have mine. The silence is deafening. I think I have mine. Do you have yours? No, because there's too many. 
I think going to see the Minnesota Wild play the Colorado Avalanche yeah. in Denver on basically on the ice yeah. is the funnest thing we've ever done. Yeah. yeah? I think so. I would say one of the best experiences that we've had as a couple um, was that time that we went to that Hillsong concert uh, and sat down on the floor that uh, you know what I'm talking about in Tulsa and watching you take in that show was maybe one of the funnest things really because just like it's so infrequent in today's society where you can watch someone just fully immersed in in pure joy for like that long of a time and just like be present in a moment Huh. Where like I actually was recording you at one point with my phone and you didn't even realize because you were so just like into everything. I had no idea that you I that is complete shock to me. I would have never put that on the because I know you didn't enjoy that concert. No, very I, much. Thought I hated it, but <laughs> it, you know, I didn't hate it. That's not fair to say. This is just not my thing. Right. Um, I would say one of the funnest things we've ever, ever done together is when we went to Something that you now hate, but uh, when we went to the UFC show in Dallas. Yeah, that was really fun. That was a good time. Um, even though a lot of it sucked when we went to Walla Walla for Foo Fighters and Mumford, um, that was a pretty cool experience. Yeah. Some of the negative maybe outweighed, but yeah, seeing them seeing them do Wild, Wilder Mind live was pretty great. Yeah. Um, Our honeymoon in Grand Marais was pretty awesome. Our honeymoon was really good. We had a really nice honeymoon. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about even like it's almost a year ago now that we went to Nashville. And even though we didn't get to go do what we had planned on doing, it's seen Foo Fighters twice in very short succession. That didn't work out. Um, we still ended up having a ton of fun, actually, yeah. and met some really fun people. Um, and so like... That is, it was still a really fun trip. Even and even though we really didn't do anything touristy in Nashville, we didn't go see any of the things that people well, we generally try, go and we see. We tried to go to Broadway. We went to one bar. We're like, "Fuck this!" Yeah, it was not for me. The bachelorette party that was hammered at <laughs> four two o'clock. Yeah, it was like four. Yeah, it was ridiculous. They even were though, like, even though we were pretty, <laughs> we were not drunk like that. Not like that, but you know, we I had, mean, we had had a couple. We were too drunk to drive for sure, but like, we weren't like sloppy gross in the middle of the afternoon that happened much later yeah that was later (laughs) um yeah that's this one thing that uh that we can say about our marriage no marriage is perfect and everyone has their ups and downs but we've done a lot of fun shit together we have done a lot of fun stuff so to all you guys that have kids out there you know congratulations sorry for ya but guess what <laughs> going to concerts and sleeping in until 10 o'clock is pretty fucking sweet <laughs> such a dick <laughs> speaking of foo fighters by the time this goes up and you're hearing this this is how we're going to close out the show because i'm going to need all of you to send positive vibes it was announced today that foo fighters are opening up a new venue at the new venue at the harris casino in new orleans louisiana called the fillmore they are playing two shows on a friday night and a saturday night in february 
the 2200 seat building. Tickets go on sale this weekend. Pretty sure that when uh, I had Nate on my podcast, he asked me what, what was on my bucket list. And it was a small venue Foo Fighters show. Yes. So this is literally the most important thing on my bucket list. At least musically. This is what I want probably more than anything. So if you could send positive vibes that I somehow somehow can get tickets for this show, I would really appreciate it. Probably going to have to put up a GoFundMe. (laughs) So if any of you guys are looking to to contribute and help me out, we would really appreciate it. (laughs) These tickets are not cheap. But uh, hopefully when we podcast next, if, if we get tickets... We are going to do a breaking news podcast. Yes, we will. And drop that in and talk about that. So I think with that, viewer mailbag is closed. Zip. That was kind of lame. That was weeks off. Whatever. God. I can't be, I don't, you know. They can't all be winners. Our production budget is not the greatest around here, all right? <laughs> um, well, I think that uh, we've given you some laughs. We've given you some heartfelt, joyous stuff things help me close this fucking show out how am i how how should i close this out should we close it like i close my insta stories how's that uh i hope that you are your best you i'm gonna try to be my best me we'll see how it goes bye that's how i close my insta stories oh it kind of happened on accident but that's how i close them now did i just uh stooge off that i don't ever make it to the end of your insta stories yes apparently (laughs) i know that now dick on that note... I have important things to say on my Insta story sometimes. Not all the time. Here's the thing, though. You're going to come home and tell me these things or text them through throughout the day to me. We spend we spend so much time together. Do I also have to watch all of your social media? Yes. I listen to your podcasts. It's because you're on most of my podcasts. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right, we're going to get out of here. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Another White Guys Podcast. You can follow Nikki on Instagram and hear about all her great stories at... Skenzi Jones, S-K-E-N-Z-I Jones at Instagram. So follow her so she can feel better about herself. Yes, please. And if you make her feel better about herself, that really directly impacts me. So if you love me, go and do that. If not, in the immortal words of Jim Cornette... Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. That's it for this week's episode of Just Another Why Guys podcast. I love all you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following. Thank you for subscribing. If you could share this with some people, you know, build up the numbers, make me feel better about myself, I would appreciate it. That's it for this week. Always protect the five hole. Too much. Oh, it hurt. Oh, too much. Too much. Ah! It's too big. It was too much.